The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Internet of Things with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in your company's future with totally new sources of information that will change the way you run your business. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome and welcome. And if you know the code, that means I have two guests today. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you are in the right place. Let's see what the buzz on the street is. Oh, my. This is a quote from a cartoon by Andertoons.com. I wish I could show you the quote. I wish I could show you the visual of the cartoon, but let me just read what it says. You make a good point. We both hate the cat. I'm just not sure what it is you'd bring to a partnership. So if you think about that, partnerships is our key here, and this is Internet of Things with Game Changers, so we're going to tie it all together. Let me tell you, the reality check right now is it is impossible. I don't care how smart you are, how savvy you are, how much expertise, how many reams of paper it takes up to print your resume. It's impossible for you to be the expert for all of your company's products and or solutions in our digital Internet of Things driven economy. Let's take that all in. It is massive. There's so much to learn, so much to do, so many tentacles to what is happening. So delivering an IoT solution for your company requires you to understand technologies from communications to data management to analytics and far beyond. It is massive. I know you're smart. I know you all think you're experts in everything, but this may be too much for one person. What is the solution? Well, let's go back to my opening quote. I do wish I could send you the cartoon. That's why partnerships are critical. Now the question is, what partners? Who are they? Where do you find them? When do you bring them on board? How do you check out their qualifications, their resume? How much can they help you bring in opportunities? How much do they know about innovation technology? Can they work well with you? Are they going to make the coffee and clean up and clean out the mugs? And will they contribute strongly to a successful mutual outcome. So many questions. We have two experts on board today. Wait till you hear them. They're going to help us figure this out. And the title for this episode is Innovation Squared. Come on, kids. If you didn't remember your math lesson, that's the little number two you put above. It's a superscript, not a subscript. Innovation to the second power, partnerships for successful IoT outcomes. Our two panelists I'll introduce in a moment. First up, we're welcoming, they've both been on before, Satish Gajaraju, the CTO for Sensify Inc and he will tell us what Sensify does, and Shannon Platts, Global Vice President, Platform Solutions, Ecosystems, Go-To-Market, and Readiness at SAP. Shannon, that's a very long business card. I like your title. So let me go around the table to Satish, and Satish has sent us a wonderful quote from Bill Joy. I didn't know who he was. He's a young guy. He was born in 1954. That's young, according to me, an American computer scientist. He co-founded Sun Microsystems along with Vinod Khosla. 
Tesla, Scott McNeely, and Andreas von Beckelschelm in 1982, and he was the chief scientist of the company until 2003. And uh, let's see, in his 2013 book, Makers, the author Chris Anderson credited Bill Joy with establishing Joy's theory based on this quip, no matter who you are, most of the smartest people work for someone else other than you, and that's what we're talking about now. Uh, Also, in 2000, Bill Joy gained notoriety with the publication of his article in Wired magazine, Why the Future Does Not Need Us, in which he declared in a neo-Luddite position that growing advances in genetic engineering and nanotechnology would bring risks to humanity. Go look it up. Here's the quote, and it's very similar to what I just read. Most of the bright people don't work for you, no matter who you are. Satish, I'm sure the bright people who work for you might resent this statement. How are you, Satish Kajaraju? Welcome to Game Changers. How have you been? Excellent, Bonnie. I've been good. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much. So happy to have you here. And I, I'm really so sorry I don't have the cartoon handy to, to post here on uh, on Twitter, but I might have to do that after the show. I should have done that before. So, Satish, let's talk about Bill Joy's quote, is he being sarcastic? Most of the brightest, bright people don't work for you no matter who you are. Tell me, how does this work in our our, conf- our, our construction here that IoT requires partnerships? Go ahead, Satish. Well, actually, uh, if you look at IoT, it, it actually involves multiple technologies, multiple infrastructure uh, entities, as well as skill set. And more often than not, um, you don't have all the skill sets that are needed. It could be as little as turning a little screw, but that is an important that becomes an important component in IoT. So every player is uh, suddenly very important and equally important in the equation. So you, you can't afford to have all the skill sets. You you wouldn't know what skill sets are required unless you actually start to you look at the use case and uh, start to look for a solution. So more often than not, you wouldn't even know what, what you need till you actually start looking into it. So there you go. You, you would never have um, all of them working for one entity or working for you all the time. Interesting. And this is a very apt code, especially for IoT. Absolutely. And, and Satish, my question is, we've talked on some of our other series here at Game Changers, specifically recently changing the game with HR, that we have got what's called an agile workforce. That means more and more people want to and currently are and will be working either part-time as consultants, freelancers, gig people, where they're hired for a specific task within a specific thing. Now, would they be considered partners you might bring on, let's say, in, in your role as CTO for Sensify? Might you go looking for somebody who has IoT expertise who's available for a gig, meaning a specific piece of a task? Or would you think of hiring a part-time worker? Or would you go to a company that has that particular expertise? How would you know? And this is part of my opening question, and I know we'll get into this with you and Shannon later in the show. But just quickly, how would you know what what shall we say, what construction or, or what type of hiring or partnership would be good for that part of the task? Any any insights on that? Yes, so um, we, we start with uh, the end, and on that, we, we work, work ourselves back to see what technology or what component is required. And based on that, we actually, I would go straight to the individual and then figure out mm. if he's working for an organization, even better so that we can partner with them. But more importantly, we need that skill set, that little entity. It could be a skill set. It could be an IP that an organization owns. So depending on what it is, we bring 
that specific uh, component into the play. And of course, even if it's a freelancer working part-time on this project, uh, it, that little guy becomes an equal player in the equation. So uh, based on the situation, I, I would be open to all of the above situations. Satish, that was such a great answer. I, I was absolutely floored. That gets right to the heart of what we're talking about. Thank you so much. Great intro to our topic. And now she is waiting patiently, of course, Shannon Platts at SAP. And Shannon has sent me a quote that harks way back to the time of Shakespeare, 1564 to 1616, English poet, playwright, actor, regarded as the greatest writer in the English language and the world's preeminent dramatist, often called England's national poet, and the Bard of Avon. And the quote is, and I'm just going to read a partial piece of it, Shannon, you can embellish. Uh, There is a tide in the affairs of men, which taken at the flood leads on to fortune. Shannon Platts, how have you been? I've been well, Bonnie. It's always great to have a a wonderful uh, conversation with you and some of the other experts on the panel. You are very, very kind. I love the quote. I love the fact that we have juxtaposed somebody who's still with us, the Bill Joy quote Satish has picked with your quote from Shakespeare. It's like bookends, Shannon. We're looking at expertise and visionaries from way back and from now. So this just worked out that way. So, Shannon, tell me how this quote applies to our topic, and then I'd love for you to address a little bit of what I asked Satish about how do you find those partners. Go ahead. Great. So, first off, this quote, even though it is, um, it's got time behind it, I think it is so true for IoT. I think it's one of those frontiers um, in the business world, in the technology world, that we are getting to, to really um, not only prepare for, but see where it's taking us in the future. And I, I think some of the, the best commercials right now are showing us how IoT is making an impact on our lives. And companies that are able to do that, whether it's the uh, Amazons of the world that are doing it with the Echo technology or whether it's our smart refrigerators or our smartphones, these are the things that are those opportunities that are, are really presenting themselves for as innovations that are relevant and that are creating opportunity for for us as individuals and us as companies. So, you know, that that tide in the affairs of men is really this IoT should be considered one of those tides that's happening and it's not just happening to those of us in the computer software industry, it is happening to those of us uh, in the world that are serving uh, the human race with tactical and pragmatic parts of of our lives, mm-hmm. but also driving us in, in innovations that, whether it's space exploration or whether it is healthcare innovations, we are just seeing this permeate um, our lives and, and the opportunity and horizon that we are uh, pursuing. Thank you, Shannon. Very well put. What do you think? I, I think you know what question I'm going to ask. What do you think the Bard would say if he knew that you were talking about him in relation to something called Internet of Things? He's never heard of Internet. He didn't know what things were in the year 2017. And here you are. And my goodness, what would he say if he knew that there was this thing called 
radio on the internet. It's wireless. It's out there in the universe, Shannon. We're talking to each other. We're not even in the same room. People are listening all over the world. What do you think he would talk about the tide and the affairs of men? Would he say, what? Or would he say, well, it's about time? What do you think? I think you'd say it's about time. And I think um, the reason I really feel that way is I think at the at the base of what we um, what we know about Shakespeare and what he really wanted to create was he wanted to create a common experience. He wanted to create um, storytelling that not only was in the theater but expanded into life. He wanted people to be thoughtful and innovative. And I think, you know, he would couch it in those terms, innovation and uh, pertinence to life, and, and then how each person personalizes that and moves, moves in to become a part of it. I think at the same time, um, you know, we look back on, we look back on this and, and say, you know, how would he couch it in terms of just the advancements that are going on? And I think even he personally appreciated advancements when we think about the round theater, when we think about the collaborative approach that mm-hmm. he took to bringing lots of different people with skill sets together to produce the quality of work. It wasn't just about his story, but it was about the others he brought to the table to make that story as powerful as it could be. That's timeless. That is timeless. It's, you know, it's the very basis of, of partnerships that work. And, you know, that's definitely, I think, um, with any innovator, they know that the idea is just the beginning. It's really about the execution of that idea and how it becomes um, impactful to others. So I think you would love it. I think it would be just uh, for him, just another phase on the journey of, uh, of the personal impact and the innovation life cycle. Thank you very much, and I love the idea. He was an innovator in so many ways. We still have theater in the round from time to time and traveling troops, right, off-Broadway. What can I tell you? Thank you very much, Shannon, and again, welcome back. And now let us go back to Satish Gajaraju. And Satish, three questions, not too personal, but we'd love to know, first of all, where are you calling in from, what part of the world today? Second of all, either what's in your cup right now if it's wonderful, or what would you rather be drinking that makes you smile? mile just to be alive and the third question is tell us a little bit for people who don't know your company Sensify what does Sensify do and what is your role as CTO so go ahead Satish all right so yeah I'm calling in today from uh, Southern California so uh, not not that sunny for summer day today but uh, it's nice weather and uh, I'm having my favorite uh, smoothie with uh, strawberry banana and uh, blueberries in it Mm. um (laughs) That's my breakfast drink. Um, at Sensify, we build IoT platforms for inventory management as well as telematics. So we track uh, large fleets of trucks, provide uh, driver education, driver behavior monitoring, as well as tie it into the supply chain to create uh, demand as well as meet the demand. That's what we do. And on the other end of the supply chain, the demand. We also track the inventory and make sure everything's uh, on target for delivery or pickup. So that's basically what uh, Sensify does in a nutshell. Thank you very much. Anything new since you and I spoke several months ago? Any any uh, any new projects you want to talk about briefly? Anything we should know? Yeah, actually, uh, we've just launched a new telematic solution that uh, we're going to be probably jointly implementing with SAP here in the states. Uh, we're working on similar projects in Europe as well. But 
Yeah, we should uh, have more news probably in the next 30, 60 days. Wonderful. Congratulations. And Shannon, same questions for you. Where are you? What are you drinking or what do you love to drink? And what is new in your role? What have you been up to? Great. So this morning, uh, it's the uh, daily coffee. Make sure that I jumpstart my day. Um, I'm in Dallas, Texas, so it is um, warm and uh, starting to get very sunny here today. But it is that time of year. Where I the drink I'd like to be um, drinking um, is one that I uh, discovered a couple of weeks ago while I was in Hawaii, and uh, called the Lava Flow. So it's part uh, I think pina colada and strawberry, two of my favorite things. So if that would definitely um, be a, a drink I'd like to uh, to continue <laughs> enjoying on the beach side, right? So oh, yeah. uh, that would be nice. And, um, gosh, Bonnie, since we last talked, so much has been going on. It's, um, you know, we've, at our company, um, we've really been driving uh, advancements in our platform technologies that um, are linking more and more partnerships into the IoT side of our offerings and our portfolio. And we've um, even been advancing our capabilities around uh, IoT and the big data elements of IoT, the machine learning um, advancements, and um, that's very exciting frontier for us. So just to um, to be able to bring that data, not just out of the sensor level activities that are going on, but to make that data purposeful for mm-hmm. consumption for businesses and in consumers is one of those things that I think um, for me to think about the architectures we were talking about just a few years ago and to see that become a daily practice and um, and benefit to each individual who um, utilizes our software is exciting. That becomes the pragmatic, the, um, the impactful side, and um, that multiplier you were talking about becomes very real for us. So those are just new technologies that... Um, are not new to those of us who've been in this space for a long time, but they're the things that are coming out of the labs that are becoming executable and pragmatic for our customers. And, and that's really where the fun begins. Thank you, Shannon. Good to catch up with you. And and for our listeners, I did find this Anderson, Andrew Toon's cartoon. It's a dog with his paws up on a counter, presumably uh, in a kitchen or in in somebody's living room, looking at a fishbowl with what looks like a goldfish. And the goldfish is literally nose to nose with the dog. And the dog is looking into the fishbowl and says, you make a good point. We both hate the cat. I'm just not sure what you'd bring to a partnership. And (laughs) the dog is talking to the fish and that's the point is what do you need to do as Satish said find the person who will add value add expertise add savvy add insight vision to a specific IOT project in your company you do not have to be the expert in everything and the likelihood according to Bill Joy who was quoted by Satish is most of the bright people don't work for you no matter who you are the smartest people the brightest people so there you go we're talking to Satish Gajaraju at Sensify Shannon Shannon Platt's 
at SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and as usual, they do not let me anywhere near caffeine on radio show days, but I'd love a good cup of dark coffee right after the show. So all I have is a cool, clear cup of water with a blue straw. I'm not sure why blue, because I'm moving and I packed all the other colored straws. It should be pink because it's a beautiful sunny day here in New York. Our topic today is Innovation Square. Remember, that's that little number two that goes up at the top on the right of the word innovation. Partnerships for successful IoT outcomes. We have so much more to talk about with Satish and Shannon, but we're going to take a quick 90-second break, give them a chance to have a sip of something refreshing, and we will be right back. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. Kevin out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The pace of innovation is moving faster than ever, and the future of business will be defined by how quickly business leaders adapt to accelerated ongoing change. Insights from totally new sources of data, sensors that capture and share what is happening in your business environment, and the tools to understand it and act on it. These are shaping the definition of future success. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how business leaders can shape the future of change. Internet of Things with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Internet of Things with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Internet of Things with Game Changers. Yes, indeed. We're talking about the new business culture of the IoT world, Internet of Things, all of those connections, all of that data coming in. What are you going to do with it? How can your company be successful? You may need to look outside for partners to help augment all the brilliance within your company. I hope I said that eloquently. Our special guests today are Satish Gajaraju with Sensify and Shannon Platts at SAP. And I'm still Bonnie D. Graham. And now we're going to kick off our roundtable in earnest. And let me look at some notes here from Satish. He says, the biggest IoT and 21st century business challenges can only be solved by companies partnering together. That's our topic. 
He says, with IoT, the best-of-breed approach becomes more and more relevant. The skill set is also tied to the component used in the solution. I think we have a nice math equation here, Satish. So why don't you talk to me, please? All right. So uh, if you take any kind of IoT solution, it normally involves a long list of uh, components that needs to be integrated. It could be a data center you need. It could be communication, cellular phones and the service providers support for each of these components and so on and so forth. So you, you need to know which component best fits that specific solution. You might be working with the same uh, on the same project, but each use case would need different kind of uh, components that are required. So based on this, each player actually becomes very valuable. It's, it's not a zero-sum game. Every player is equally important. It could be a little sensor, uh, for example, a tiny, you know, two-millimeter sensor that measures temperature then very relevant that factor might be a little guy designed it in the garage but it specifically needs so that guy becomes an important player if his sensor fails your use case fails and does your project so the entire equation has been changed today now all the players have become very relevant and equally important the small guy who designs something sitting in a garage uh, is actually required to make your equation complete. So partnering and identifying the right partners uh, is definitely a necessity uh, rather than an option these days. And each partner, big or small, has uh, is needed actually to solve this equation. So the advantage to the small player here, he's suddenly sitting at the dinner table along with the big guys and actually commanding some respect. So given this, uh, unless... Then all the companies decide to partner and find the right skill set and um, compensate uh, all of them equally. Uh, the whole puzzle will never be solved successfully. And now in some cases, you may have to talk to some bigger clients who can give you an uh, idea about monetizing what you're collecting. You know, end of the day, you're going to collect a lot of data. That's what IoT is all about. And what are you going to do with that data? How are you going to monetize it? If you cannot monetize it, you're out of the game. Again, all of us wouldn't know or wouldn't have a need to monetize it. So given that, you got to find the right people and the right uh, partners and partner them, partner with them the right way to solve your uh, solution. Thank you, Satish. Great insight. Shannon, love to get your thoughts on this. Well, I, I echo everything that Satish brings up, and especially when we're thinking about the different technological advancements and how to be uh, agile for the market and leading edge um, means that the more people and resources we have addressing the big challenges, the more effectively we can bring things together. I think partnerships in and of themselves um, create a culture um, of openness and they, they demand openness when we start looking at bringing these multiple innovations together across a landscape. Um, I believe IoT is arguably a critical area where one company can't be all things to customers. And I say that from both a technological layer of an IoT solution or an IoT um, market opportunity, but I also say that to um, penetrating new addressable markets to customers. And and this is one thing we are seeing um, regularly with our partners is that we accept the fact that they that each partner brings a 
technical uh, fingerprint, right? A, ten, a technical mm-hmm. uniqueness to the game. And that value is understood from day one. But what we're also understanding about our partners these days is they bring a unique fingerprint in terms of their understanding of their markets and an understanding of the uh, customer base that they've been delivering to. And whether that is at the startup level or whether that is at the large company level, when we sit around the table as partners and we think about how to advance our, the opportunity and the businesses that we um, and the solutions we want to deliver, that mutual respect has to be there. And it's mutual respect, again, because there are ideas and concepts that are going to come through that unique partner lens that comes from that customer base and that discrete, unique um, knowledge that they have. And um, I think that maximizes the talent within the organizations and the insights that those organizations have. And uh, the last thing I'd say is that I also believe um, that creates new channels to market. It, it contracts time to deliver value to the market and to customers. It increases our competitive agility and competitive differentiation. And so if partners come together and those are the common uh, common principles by which we um, work together, then having being a part of a, a team and having transparency and common drivers um, builds a base for all decisions that are made. We don't look at it selfishly through one partner's lens and try to make it an, une- an unequitable model. We look at it as a value of all players at the table and the decisions that are made, whether they're technical or business uh, decisions, we're driving those with a common spirit, esprit de corps, and common goals and drivers. Shannon, great, great points, and I want to ask you, and, and then Satish, is there ever any, any internal jealousy? If you were to say to somebody, uh, we hired you, we think you're terrific, and uh, you are just maximizing and optimizing all of the intelligence and the skill sets you bring, but we still need to bring somebody in from the outside, so we're going to make a partnership. But would you help us find that partner? Is there ever any jealousy looking at the human side of human resources, Shannon? Sure, there is, and I think it's. Um, I think there is. There's the. All of us would like to think that we're the the best and the brightest, and we're always going to have the the greatest <laughs> ideas. But I think when we think about um, the customer and we think about making an impact, an innovation impact, I think the um, the best practices in the world and the people who really succeed and rise um, in these situations are the ones that have an openness and a collaborative nature. And I think that harkens back to Bill Joy's comment, right, that Satish mm-hmm. was sharing with us. It's, it's, an, it's an adoption of a mindset that says the fact that someone has a great idea doesn't take away from my idea. It doesn't. Okay. It adds to that idea. I think managers have to foster that environment. Companies yes. in their partnership culture have to foster that. And I think we, when we recognize it as managers, we have to take steps to um, eliminate that, that jealousy or at least minimize it because at the end of the day, if that becomes a barrier, whether it's a technical jealousy because someone has a better feature or function in their product or whether it is a personal jealousy because 
it wasn't my idea or my idea Mm -hmm. wasn't as fully baked as someone else's. We have to acknowledge that. We can't put our head in the sand and say that won't happen. But I think we have to um, really develop and foster a culture um, as managers, as, as employees, as teams, and then drive that into the formalization of our partnership culture to minimize that um, for the benefit of delivering agile solutions that meet customer needs. And ultimately, we all want to serve our customer in the best possible way. And if that means great ideas come from multiple sources, then, then that's the way we're going to get to those best solutions. Thank you, Shannon. I, I wanted to touch on that as the human side of technology because sometimes we forget that we're still talking about people, and I know that that's important to both you and Satish. Satish, any comments on my question to Shannon about internal jealousies or, hey, I thought I was going to be your your your, uh, your hero, your heroine here. I thought you hired me because I could do it all. What do you mean you're bringing in somebody? Have you run into any of those pushback, shall we say, or, or I won't say tantrum. I didn't say that. Maybe a little bit of an edge of uh, green envy or what do you mean from uh, from people you work with, Satish, in terms of bringing in partners? Oh, absolutely. Oh, man, I, I should tell, I don't know how much more violently <laughs> I can agree with whatever uh, Shannon said. <laughs> you know, we've had all those situations and uh, ah! everybody thinks, you know, uh, he's the greatest guy or girl and uh, there's <laughs> a lot of sense of insecurity or feeling that they've been slighted. And, uh, you know, Shannon actually brought in a good point as a manager, uh, the person running the team or running the project should be able to, uh, you know, actually address the situation and uh, bring everyone to the table and get it going. Because finally, if, if the client client is the most important uh, person or entity in this equation, and if uh, that is not uh, met, if the client's expectations are not met, uh, everything falls apart. In fact, we've had to actually uh, remove somebody from the team because, you know, they were just becoming a hindrance. Now, you can always find a similar skill somewhere else, but we, you know, bad management is better than no management, like they say, it's something like that. Yeah, we always face that. People trying to hold back on what they know, not releasing documentation. It's it's always there, uh, probably in every business situation, but more so in IoT because you have more players and everybody thinks uh, they have the know-it-all and all that. Thank you. I didn't mean to open up a can of worms, but I'm so glad <laughs> I did because, it, it, Shannon, it needed to be said, right? Sure, absolutely. I think anything, anytime we can anticipate, whether they are technical barriers, whether they are the human relationship barriers, whether they are finance barriers, if we can share with each other in, in, in opportunities like this strategies that have helped us um, progress or avoid or, or break through an issue quicker, um, then, then we're helping each other. That's part of, a, of an environment in, it, in a form like this. And to Satish's point, I think um, you know, being honest about it and being transparent about it is so critical. But that does not change the fact that the standard we expect and should drive towards sets set that uh, as a part of the culture from the get-go. And we mm-hmm. shouldn't be apologetic about it. And, um, you know, I think as we bring new employees in, whether they are millennials or we expect this from a more senior talent, you know, we need to be emotionally intelligent about the dynamics, use mm-hmm. strategies, use others in our network to help us 
figure out how to address these issues. But um, I loved the Tisha's example. It can be as small as not sharing documentation, right? I mean, at the end of the day, isn't that, doesn't that sound like a no-brainer? Of course, we would share openly on that. But if we don't have a culture where uh, we are looking for the best for the clients, and that is in this esprit de corps is not established as the baseline, it becomes a constant struggle. And that just slows projects down. It slows innovation cycles down. And that's not good for everyone. So I appreciate you bringing up this uh, this topic. I think it is uh, one that's quite relevant and, and timely. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And that's, I think, a good segue to the next topic we're going to cover. Shannon, it's from your notes. You say there is no perfect partnership, but some are better than others, maintaining empathy for partner businesses, keeping lines of communication open, understanding a strong partnership can overcome most issues. So how do you discover the true culture of the partner you're bringing in. We've just talked about employees, your own team, in-house or your agile workforce. They're under your domain, your aegis, if you will. But when you're looking at a partner, and this was one of my opening questions, is how do you find the right partner? You want a team with empathy. You want people who will come to the table and not hold back and care about mutually beneficial outcomes. So, Shannon, I don't want to belabor this, but I think we need to talk a little bit about that part of it, get a couple of insights from you and then say, and then we can move on. So go ahead, Shannon. So, you know, the statement maintaining empathy for the partner business, I think, is at the heart of, um, again, a partner culture. If, um, if you are going to force a partner to go down a particular track, I think it hurts you in two ways. One is that it hurts you by forcing limitations on that partner that may be only because of your perspective in it's a win for me. I don't care what it means to anybody else. And I think that blocks us out of being open to new ideas. It blocks mm-hmm. us out of being able to leverage technologies and advancements and talent actually within the partner side of things. I think on the second side of that is that when we um, are looking at empathy for, for partners and we're looking at the best types of ways to profile partners, I encourage my leaders to look at it from two dimensions. One is, of course, we're going to have a set of expectations on the technical side, whether it is, you know, what kind of new technical approach they've developed inside of the the partner company, what kind of componentry may they be bringing to the table that if we spent years, we could never get developed Mm -hmm. to the state that they have. So we, we must be smart about looking and profiling our partners around those technical dimensions. But we must equally be smart about profiling our partners and, quite frankly, our partners profiling us around mm-hmm. our ease of doing business with us, our common shared value system about the importance of the, uh, the business and market opportunity, the importance of the investments and commitments we as companies coming together are willing to make, and what is considered success for the companies, right? So for, if we're partnering out or our partner is working for us, what is it that, there, that is a baseline criteria for success that, will, that we will both be committed to? Those one side, if you if you if a partner has all the techni- 
technological advancements in the world, and we can't line up on the business values and the the business models and the um, benefits of the partnership, it doesn't matter how great that is. We can we will fail ultimately in that partnership. If we line up on the cultural side, but we haven't done our due diligence to say, is this the right technology to advance our our outcomes in the marketplace, then we can have a lovely relationship, be wonderful to go to dinner with or to attend conferences around. But if the match on the technology side does not fit, then we have just delayed our ability to meet client needs, our ability to be innovative in the marketplace. So we have to respect both sides of the coin when we're profiling partners, and we need them to profile us to ensure that it will be workable, uh, a workable uh, and beneficial agreement from their side as well. Thank you, Shannon. Satish, let's talk about that, the quote-unquote profiling of partners, shared goals, common empathy, understanding of respect for each other, wanting to have the same vision and get to the same place, whether they're in it for part of the project or for the whole thing, and even have a, have a, a financial outcome, a shared outcome. Satish, what are your thoughts about finding that right partnership? Yes, like Shannon just mentioned, setting the right expectation for all the players is the most important thing. So uh, I might be just providing a little component, but at least uh, I should know what is it I'm bringing to the table and what do I get out of it. If these two expectations are set right for all the players, uh, then uh, the project will definitely uh, go ahead in the right, right direction. And the client or the problem that you're trying to solve would benefit from all of this. No one needs to be belittled or, uh, you know, slighted. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's not a zero-sum game at all. Um, and I keep bringing up that statement because that's quite apt when you try to partner. Everyone's equal and um, nobody need, nobody wins. Uh, if everyone loses, even if one person fails. So that's how it works here. So, yeah, you need to set the right, right expectation and know what the other partner does and how you can complement it or use it uh, to your advantage in this equation. Um, Shannon also mentioned about, uh, you know, not forcing what you know on the other person, which is right here because you're bringing someone else to the equation, to the table, just because they have something that you need. So if you're constantly telling them this is what, uh, needs to be done and this is how it needs to be done and it's not going to work at all. A small thing, it could be a technology component or, or a support component. I, I've got a little example where we had to install uh, some components in vehicles and uh, the client was in you know, in an Asian country too many miles away. So we had to hire a local mechanic to do the work and we had to give him the right instructions. You know, small things like just plugging in maybe a little wire and if he doesn't do it right, uh, the project fails. So they said everything right and put the right confidence in place. So it's very apt and uh, profiling each other, knowing each other and advertising each other so that it acts as a complement and builds your business basis. Uh, very important here. Thank you very much. I have a question for both of you. Let me start this with Shannon uh, on to what, well, I guess Satish was, was wrapping up your topic. But let me start with Shannon, and, and I think we have enough time to cover two, two other topics. Number one, we keep saying you. Your company needs to. You need to profile. Who is the you? Is it the CTO? Is it the CIO? Is it the CMO? Is it the CEO? Is it the head of the team that's tasked with the particular I? 
IoT project. You know what, Satish, let me start with you. I think I'll start with you. Um, wh- whose job is it anyway? We've heard that phrase. Whose job is it to do this partner search, to do the lookup, to ascertain their value system, their culture, their shared goals, their ability to be the right partner for you? Whose job well, is it? it? In other words, where does that bug stop? No, so it starts with the entire team because every uh, some little guy working on certain aspect in the project knows what he needs and he does some research and realizes that someone something else that he needs a little component or a skill set and he brings it up to his manager and finally someone high up in the chain would be able to make that call to start the partnership or start the paperwork going. But so it's everyone's work to actually find out who the partner is. The uh, finally somebody up in the food chain actually maybe signs the paperwork, but the whole team works on it. And that's how you would be able to identify a partner. A CTO or a CIO by himself would not be able to identify the partner, but would be able to give the right directions and, and give the right pointers. And that's where uh, people with uh, you know, maybe a longer experience uh, in the industry might, might know the players and say, hey, go look at look at this company. They were doing something like this five years ago. Maybe they know something. Or it could be a pattern that you want to search. So you need a different skill set uh, in, in the team to look for things you need. So, yeah, it's everybody's uh, um, you know, task. But also one thing is when we say you, it doesn't actually usually mm-hmm. refer to an individual. It actually, The only entity in the whole equation that should have the biggest ego is the company that owns the IP or of the technology itself. So if you're going to be just, you know, talking about an individual, unless it's just a specific patent or skill set he has, again, it has to be the skill set that has to be highlighted, not the individual. So basically what I'm trying to say is, you know, talk about the company, talk about the entity, not the individual component, individual people uh, when you're trying to um, advertise. Thank you. Shannon, love to get your thoughts on this. Who is the you? Do you agree with Satish that it's the whole team involved in the project? I I 100% agree with that. And the reason um, I think Satish has called out and and I would uh, expound on is when you are at the project level and you're seeing the challenge ahead of you, you know better than anyone where the gaps are, right, and where those partner opportunities are. When we're looking at a strategic company direction or a, uh, a company wants to go into a new market, the, one of the first things that should be asked is how can we expedite that and how can a partnership really help drive that? So the, the idea of partnering, depending on your role, will give you a different perspective in how you should be looking for partners on the horizon, planning for partnerships, and and then how we procedurally bring those partnerships together and make them mutually beneficial. But I think, to so again, we talked about culture and how important that is. I think the culture of a partnering mentality is important throughout the organization. And, and this really goes for um, small to extremely large businesses. If we... Um, encourage as as employees, if we encourage and as managers encourage that thought process about partnerships and, and couple that with agility and couple that with market mm-hmm. reach and feed on the street to appeal to customer needs, 
then we know that there is, you know, the, the ultimate way to do that the best and the quickest is going to be to find those appropriate partners that will, will have a, an equal desire to be in a partnership that will benefit, um, benefit both and that will, you know, address the agenda that uh, we lay out. I think at the end of the day, um, you know, when we think about the, the you in this, it is a, um, it is a company-wide or an organizational-wide. This is not exclusive to the business community when we think about partnerships. It is a, um, it, it needs to be driven as a part of the options in a company. I think sometimes when I work with, with companies who, you know, it's been invented here and that's the way we, we've always addressed our market opportunity, it's a very closed way of thinking. And so when, when we think about the culture, we think about that you, um, to Satish's point, we want to put the personal responsibility for partner uh, identification and partner opportunities in the mindsets of every role in the company. But we want to institutionalize the idea of partnerships as a part of the options that, and, and very important options that companies and organizations should be considering. Because, again, back to that beautiful quote, there are smart people in so many different places. And if we close ourselves off from that, we really have limited and held ourselves back. We've put a harness on our, on our organization that's unnecessary. Thank you very much, Shannon and Satish. We're almost, we're just about in our predictions round, but before we do, I want to get a 60-second answer from each of you. Satish, this is your topic. Let me ask you first. Partnerships are not necessarily intended to last forever. Oh, we would all love to think they are from a personal and professional basis, but sometimes you want to design them on a limited basis. As I mentioned, it might be in a gig format. So you say they serve a purpose for a certain time and development of their respective organizations disengaging has to be done carefully, respectfully, and with consideration toward the best outcome from each partner. So it sounds like, Satish, it says challenging, I didn't say difficult, but challenging to get out of or to design the exit or the, shall I say, dissolution or divorce as it is to pick the right partner. Mm -hmm. Satish, you want to just give us a 60-second, this may have to be a continuation here at some point in the future. How do you gracefully engineer the exit from the partnership? Let's take 60 seconds each and then we'll do predictions. Satish, go ahead. Okay. So, yeah, any... any uh, partnership is in the IoT world at least is very transactional. You have uh, an input, you have an output, and you have a benefit. So it, it, sometimes it's a long la- the solution lasts forever, but that doesn't mean that the companies have to uh, you know be like in a marriage always together. You just put the solution together, it works, and there's a little trickle that coming out that's coming out as a maybe a component of financial benefit, but that also means that you need to disengage to make sure that the solution keeps going on forever and you move on to the next thing. Most of the time, people think, okay, now I've done this, and they start resting on the laurels and keep expecting to be treated the same, but no, it is very transactional. You've done this, good job, give a pat on the back and move on, but at the time of disengagement, like we brought on earlier, have the right documentation and be sure that you're missed for the right reason. And uh, that's how you need to disengage. And this all usually becomes a problem with some of the uh, some of the entities 
because they expect more out of it. Again, uh, setting the right expectation and uh, making sure uh, you have all the things needed to complete the transaction are done and expectations are met, so then it should be uh, easier to uh, set, the, set the divorce, like you said, like you said or have a prenup. Uh, so <laughs> right. I like that. I should have thought of that. That was brilliant. Shannon, I hear you giggling. That was brilliant, Satish. Shannon, agree or disagree on getting, shall we say, the start, the duration, and the exit? What do you think? Oh, I think you do have to think about the full life cycle. I think if we start things and, and we only think about that honeymoon phase and that recruitment phase and the planning phase, we really um, sell ourselves short um, on both sides of the partnership, of any partnership. And I think the um, it really shows the maturity in the in the level of commitment we're, we're willing to make. And um, I, I find with partnerships that uh, unwind successfully, it's very freeing for the partners, right? It, it allows them to reapply resources in areas where they're trying to build up new innovations or trying to uh, execute in new ways. And um, we know that commitment of resources is so critical, but the respect for each other as in the partnership to free up very valuable, whether it's intellectual uh, capacity in our in our workforces, whether it is our monetary resources that we have to go and put in other uh, spots of investment, we wouldn't be respectful in the partnership if we drug this on on beyond the natural course of the life cycle. So acknowledging that up front shows a mutual respect for we want to maximize this partnership to the benefit of both of us, but we also want to acknowledge the ability and and have the conversation throughout the life cycle as checkpoint Mm -hmm. on where we are in this journey and then be able to reallocate resources at the points in time that are going to be uh, the right thing to do for the project, the right things to do for the companies, and have that dialogue early, and then manage it across the, the timeline of the project. This is a factor of respect. It's not a factor of well or doom and gloom, but I think it's a factor of maturity and respect. And when companies can talk about that and individuals have that conversation, it just sets a great tone for how important the relationship is now and in the future. Thank you, Shannon. Your line is breaking up, but we can still hear you. I want to make sure we meet our deadline here. We've got about two minutes left till the end of the show. So I'm going to give you a 30-second wrap-up on this topic of selecting maybe not the perfect partners for your IoT projects, but certainly how to select. What's your quick 30-second advice to the audience rather than a prediction, Satish? What's your 30-second advice? Go ahead, Satish Gajaraju, 30 seconds, go. I keep an open mindset, look for the right uh, continent, and uh, make sure they are the right fit by setting the right expectation initially, and maybe maybe even get a prenup going. Ah, set the expect. I love that prenup. We have to do another topic on this. <laughs> Shannon Platts, I saved 30 seconds for you, too. What's your summary advice? Great. So I think we must look through the partner's eyes. Uh, we need to understand what our needs are from the partnership, and we need to have an empathetic view and uh, stand in the partner's shoes. I think that will allow us to come to the table with um, those expectations set and open dialogue 
and um, and an ability to drive agility for both companies and ultimately client benefit, which we're all seeking. But we've got to maximize resources. We've got to maximize innovation and these early dialogues and uh, these perspectives are the thing that the keys to those success. Thank you so much. What an interesting conversation. As I say when I prepare my guests, we are not scripted. We are prepared, but we never know where the conversation is going to lead. And I think we we live that mantra very, very well today. Satish Gajaraju at Sensify, all the best. It's been such a pleasure having you back on. Same for you, Shannon Platts. You're both so insightful and articulate and thoughtful. I think we learned a lot, at least I did. To our listeners, I will be back. Yes, it's Thursday. It's a double, another doubleheader. 2 p.m. today with Think Big, Work Small. And this is a little bit kind of germane to our topic. The question is, if you're writing content to draw in your audience, attract them, engage them, and keep them following you and make your prospects turn into loyal customers, you need great, fresh content. Well, where do you find the subject matter experts for that content? You might not need to look outside. It could be the person sitting next to you, virtually or physically in your organization who could be that expert. You don't know it. They don't know it. How do you discover it and empower the people within your organization to be those experts? I know that was a mouthful. Let me close here. Thank you so much to Kevin, our engineer extraordinaire, and thank you to Satish and Shannon, and to everybody on Ira Berg's team. Adam Mardini did a great job setting this up, and Rujai, thank you so much, and Ira, and here is my call to action. Fasten your seat Bell, come on, you can do it all by yourself. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Satish, just like Shannon, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Internet of Things with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.